You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. All rise. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot-button Internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on Internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now, please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet Law Center, Bennett Kelly. Good morning. This is Bennett Kelly with the Internet Law Center here in sunny Santa Monica, California. Please be seated. It's great to be back. Um, hope you had a pleasant 4th of July. And, and I was traveling last week. I was flying back from Berlin, which is a very fascinating city. Um, it's booming as well. About 80% of the buildings there have been built in the last year, I mean, excuse me, in the last 10 years. And uh, it's definitely an exciting place to be at this point in time. Um, but there's also a lot of history there that is very compelling. Um, we got a lot of compelling things to talk about here today. Um, we're going to start off talking about internet voting. And then the second half hour, we're going to talk about um, Hawaii passing some landmine, um, landmark cyber um, crime legislation. And concurrent with that, Arizona has also passed um, cyber stalking legislation. So the number of states having cyber stalking laws is increasing dramatically. And um, today is a very notable day um, here, at least in in Los Angeles, um, in terms of history. And um, you may recall there was a TV actress named uh, Rebecca Schaefer who was on a sitcom My Sister is Sam with Pam Dauber of Mork and Mindy fame and um, she was gunned down by a stalker who was able to get her information um, from the DMV and just handed out pictures of her in the neighborhood and just went to her house and killed her Um, and that happened in 1989 on this day today so it's fitting that we're going to be talking later during the show about stalking legislation but before that um, we're going to be talking about internet voting and we have um, with us um, Alan Deckert who is the, the former CEO and the founder of Open Voting Consortium, 
and he's now a, um, or at least a prospective candidate for California Secretary of State. Um, Alan, are you with us? Yes, I am. Thanks for having me, Bennett. Thank you for being with us. Um, you know, internet voting conjures up a lot of things, but before we jump up in, into that, why don't you give us a little bit about your background? Well, most of my working career has been as a um, software engineer, both an application developer and a QA engineer. That is quality assurance engineer. I worked on nine commercial products with companies like Borland and Intel. That was back in the 90s. And um, then I was hired for uh, to, to fix a bunch of applications for year 2000 clients. Um, I was here in Sacramento area. Um, when I f- right about the time I finished that, of course, the year 2000 election mess happened. And I was looking for a new project, and I thought of a pilot project for Sacramento County for voting. It was very had a very simple idea that we could set up a, a computerized interface, a touchscreen, and then you could print out your ballot on the spot in the voting booth and vote with that. That would be your official ballot, and there wouldn't be the ambiguity that we saw with the hanging chads and and all, a lot of host of other problems that we we see with voting. And uh, so, so that's that was the start of that project. And, and it, one thing led to another. I didn't have any intention of starting an organization based on this. I just wanted to get funding for a pilot project for Sacramento County. But that wasn't uh, it wasn't so simple. It turned out to be a very highly political issue. And I ended up spending, you know, I was eight years as CEO of Open Voting Consortium. And the, we... Basically, we, we presented our idea to uh, the highest levels of government, certainly in this state, but also in, in the, um, to the federal government as well. So there's, no, uh, there's nowhere to go beyond – I mean, if somebody says, well, why don't you talk to so-and-so? We, you know, we already did, <laughs> and uh, there's, there's nowhere else to go with that particular idea. It was – a lot of people liked it. it was, uh, we got great media wherever we demonstrated it. But um, my basic conclusion is that in the beginning, people wanted, when I got involved in this, people wanted uh, paperless voting. Uh, election officials don't like having the, you know, having to archive paper ballots or handle them. And that was really the move at that time back in 2000. Um, although we, we saw the dangers of paperless voting. And, and in fact, I was an early uh, opponent of, of paperless voting. Um, so, uh, I've come full Why? circle Why in that? that sense. Why were you an early opponent? Well, the, the early systems they were talking about, the direct record electronic voting systems were really unverifiable. They were, it's, it was extremely poor technology. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then we really would be jeopardizing, uh, our democracy if we had turned to those systems exclusively. And, you know they are used exclusively in some states. For example, um, Maryland has, uh, you know, paper paperless DRE direct record electronic machines in every voting booth, and um, you know it's those machines have been shown to be hackable. Uh, so I, I, you know, let's hope let's hope that they're they're uh, being ad- administered correctly in Maryland, but. Um, I wouldn't want those in in California, and we we 
actively oppose that. So, so uh, let's let's stop at sorry, stop at two thousand. Mm-hmm. Two thousand is, for lack of a better word, a major cluster, and um, Florida becomes a debacle. It goes to the Supreme Court, and then Congress passes this law, Help American Vote Act, and the idea is, you know, we got to do something about our voting system, and maybe technology is the answer. So right. in two thousand. Um, what was the kind of the what was the prevailing voting um, method of choice in the U.S.? Well, um, punch cards were were one of the main um, main ways that we voted, but also lever machines were still fairly prominent. New York, for example, had uh, lever machines, and they had them for a hundred years, right? Um, which were actually. Uh, uh, a, not a bad voting technology, and when it, when when you compare it to the direct record electronic, uh, um, the the lever machine was very successful. Uh, it prevented ballot box stuffing because there was no ballot, um, but um, uh, and at least you could set them up before the election and, and test to see if they worked correctly and be. Mm-hmm fairly certain that they were going to work correctly during the election, which which you can't be with a, a, a direct record electronic machine uh, because you don't know what how, how they're programmed um, without without looking inside. And even then, it's hard, maybe hard to tell. So, um, so uh, the the also the uh, optical scan was still was a, a good portion of the voting system. And the optical scan is where you fill in a a hole, or you you punch a hole, or you you fill in a piece of paper, a hole on a, you know, a circle on a piece of paper, and that's scanned for your ballot. You mark it, yes. yes. You mark it with like a, a pen. Uh, fill in a bubble, like we did with our SAT scores. And that's right. um, so, um, so that's where we were in two thousand. And so, um, Help America Vote Act goes forward, and now there's all this emphasis on technology. And then we come to 2002, 2004, where it seems that where there's technology, there's the highest levels of irregularities, or at least perceived irregularities. You know, there were allegations about um, Diabol coming in and making um, software changes uh, on the eve of the 2002 elections. And there's a discrepancy between exit polls and, um, and uh, machine um, you know, computer um, software um, machine results in certain key swing states. So mm-hmm. um, now, well, is techn- at this point, is technology considered good, um, or is technology considered you know d- dangerous, or at least needs to be verifiable if it's in the wrong hands when it comes to voting? That's a very good question. I think that the Help America Vote Act of two thousand two was was poorly conceived. It was. It was, um, yeah, it was technology, but it was more like, um, you know, Bush shoveling money to his friends with Beebold and ES and S and so forth to 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 enable them to um, to sell some very expensive voting technology that that really wasn't ready for prime time. It really, um, for just as an example, the the certification process was was a joke up up to 2000 and it was well known that that these systems weren't tested at all hardly and the help america vote act proposed to set up 
federal certification. There, there was no federal certification before, before the Help America Vote Act of 2002. But that, that process didn't uh, get started until really about 2005. Which I don't think the first systems ran through the federal certification program until something like 2005. So it was kind of uh, the technology was thrown out there, but it wasn't really we weren't really ready for that. It wasn't well thought out, and the whole um, the structure that was created, the Election Assistance Commission was not well thought out and to give it, and right now the election assistance commission is a commission with no commissioners there there <laughs> there are there are uh, four well the democratic nominees is supposed to have two democrats and two republicans but the senate isn't uh, confirming them. No, no. so there there are zero and there won't be any unless uh, obama wins a, 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 you know, a yeah. huge huge majority uh, in, in uh, November, so it, it may be that that the whole the whole thing, election assistance commission, is is uh, a dead on arrival. But you say okay, the, and the way for the way voting is regulated in, in the United States for the most part, and is at the state level by, and the office is usually known as the Secretary of State, and in Florida, obviously the. The most secretary of state, secretary of state in American history, was was Kathleen Harris when um, you know she stepped forward and uh, he refused to, um, and then certified the results while the, 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 there was still a question about the recount, and um, and and that is the office that you're seeking here that is currently held by Deborah Bowen who is termed out. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people in, the, in this community on, on Webmaster Radio are familiar with Deborah Bowen more for her work prior to becoming Secretary of State when she was one of the lead sponsors of the, um, the, the California law that actually banned spam for that, that was invalidated or you know, preempted by um, the Can Spam Act. But you know, she's also has um, she's well known within this community listening. But in any event, um, so. That's the that's what you're stepping into. That's what you think you'd like to see some changes, at least right. starting in California, right? And and so what what is it that you think is you want to see people do? In in you know, for example, if you got elected, what would you want people to do in terms of voting in two years out, four years out? Right. Let me. I, I want to just. I want to answer that, but I want to back up just a little bit on on what you said there. The the chief election official in most states is the Secretary of State, but traditionally um, elections have been run at the county level. The county has <clears throat> has always been responsible for acquiring their own voting systems and for running the elections. The Secretary of State had a very minor role, and as these problems That's cropped true. up, the the responsibility grew at higher levels with the secretaries of state and the federal government. The, 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 the money that the, came from the Help America Vote Act was the first time any money was ever given to counties for, um, for election systems. This is traditionally hmm. purely a local uh, a pr- process. So, uh, um, but, but officially, the secretary of state is the chief election official and no system can be used uh, without the Secretary of State's approval. 
So when when Deborah Bowen came into office, and, and frankly, we supported her very heavily, and, and she did a she was a great uh, um, official legislator, both in the Assembly and the the Senate. Uh, we had um, hoped to see her uh, uh, be more active in changing the voting system. What she did was basically freeze the technology. She she uh, um, the technology we're using to today or, or in November to vote will be all the same technology that existed when she was elected in 2006. What she did was she um, instituted some procedures to make uh, the system more secure, which is, which is very good, but she backed off perhaps uh, largely because of budgetary uh, you know, constraints. In fact, I think a lot of her uh, administration had to do with uh, you know, dealing with budget cuts. So she she hasn't done what what we had hoped to see with with the voting system, and um, so I think that there's uh, some unfinished work to do. And maybe, I mean, the system that we were proposing back, you know, since 2000 was this system where you would make a, your selections on a computerized interface, print out your ballot on the spot. That may have been a trans- transitional technology, and maybe this is what we really. Uh, should should have been uh, shooting for in the first place was uh, internet voting, but back then, you know, in two thousand, uh, I don't think we were ready for it. So I think that uh, we're kind of skipping a step, in other words. Uh, but I think that that it's okay. I mean, I think we're we're ready to proceed. And uh, there's a very uh, uh, you know, Washington and Oregon have already gone to strictly vote by mail, and. Uh, because of the help, one of the ironies of the Help America Vote Act is that it's made poll site voting very cumbersome and very expensive because of this requirement that you have the the uh, disabled the machine for disabled access in every voting booth or in, at every poll site. And that the, the irony is that nobody uses that machine, but it's 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 the main expense and, and trouble of setting up a poll site. So registrars have been actively pushing for uh, vote by mail in California. So, and that's the trend that we're, that we're in right now is, is, is uh, voting by mail is, is now over 40% and we're, we're already in that direction. So I'm, what I'm proposing is that we go ahead and go to vote by mail, basically like, like Oregon and Washington have done. And, and, Relieve uh, election officials of this this uh, the, the burden of having to set up poll sites, and then add um, internet voting as an option. And I think if if I'm elected, I what we would shoot for is is um, to eliminate poll sites by say 2016. And you know I suspect that. You know, it'll be a it'll be a minor percentage of people that will be voting by internet. We, we should have it. There's no doubt we should have it available by then. I I don't think there would be any problem uh, doing that. But um, so so we might start with uh, 10% voting by internet by 2016, and then that would grow over time, and uh, eventually it would approach. You know, maybe in a decade it would approach 100%, something like that. As as you know, young, a lot of older people today, I mean, people over 65 or 60 or so, they didn't grow up with computers and they're not as comfortable with it. But nowadays, you know, every kid 
in school is, is using computers. So they're they're going to be more comfortable with it. So so over time, uh, the um, the digital divide uh, will be smaller. And and also, I also think that that by instituting internet voting, we can help bridge the digital divide. And that's uh, kind of another subject. And, uh, but um, I think we will eventually get to uh, close to 100% internet voting within, say, a decade. Now, we're going to take a short break, but just a comment on the um, security issues. There are actually even security issues in mail voting. And uh, I talked to one candidate who was running against an ethnic candidate. Um, and uh, people in that ethnic community would call um, this, this candidate's office and say, um, you know, so-and-so's people are banging at my door. They want my absentee ballot. You know, they want to send it in for me. And, they, and that person didn't want to relinquish it. And so even in mail voting, you can still have that problem. Um, sure. But we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Internet voting. And um, the state of Washington recently allows you to start register for to vote on Facebook. And um, we'll be back after these messages. This is Bennett Kelly. You're listening to Cyber Law and Business Report. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Join the thousands of search and social media marketers at one of the largest events of the year, SES San Francisco 2012, August 13th through the 17th. Learn more at sesconference.com. SES San Francisco 2012 kicks off three days of sessions with a keynote presentation by Google Digital Marketing Evangelist Avinash Kaushik, speaking about business optimization in a digital age. Check out daily Meet the Expert roundtables where you can take part in intimate and informative discussions with industry icons. Add over 70 sessions, a crowded expo floor, on-site training at the Click Z Academy, the big search engine watch eliminator, goodbye, and webmasterradio.fm search bash, and you'll have SES San Francisco 2012, August 13th through the 17th. Register for SES San Francisco 2012 today by clicking on the banner ads from the webmasterradio.fm website or go now to SES. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. TopSEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let TopSEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Don't get caught in a web of confusion. Learn 
the ropes on webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're back. This is Bennett Kelly, and we'll listen to Cyber Law and Business Report. We're talking about Internet voting with Alan Deckert, who's a candidate for Secretary of State in 2014. Not even this year, but two years from now. But elections start earlier and earlier. So, Alan, um, I don't know if you saw that um, the Washington Secretary of State is starting online voter registration on Facebook. I didn't know that, so you're the first person to tell me that. That's, but that's it's the coming thing. You know, there's no doubt that uh, election administration is is going to move more and more to the internet. There's no question. Now, I, um, Rock the Vote has a big a, a big voter registration drive t- this fall, and there's sh- they have shirts that say Rock the Vote, but it has the, the QRC code that you can just scan with your cell phone and get voter registration information, which I, th- I just think is ingenious. But so tell us, you know, what, so what would happen on Internet voting if you were Secretary of State? And well, first of all, who, does anyone do Internet voting now in the U.S. or elsewhere? Well, the, yes, there are. Um, Internet voting is being done in, in some other countries. Uh, Estonia is, is, uh, has pursued this very vigorously. And uh, it's somewhat like I, I've outlined. They started fairly small in the percentage. I think at the last election it was tw- up to twenty-five percent. Now, but yeah. are, they're they're going uh, voting by internet. And um, so far, as, as as far as we know, it's been very successful there. I think the Swiss also uh, utilize internet voting, and there it's it's been been done on a pilot basis in in. Um, Various places in the U.S., it's we have some. There is some use of the internet for military and overseas voting. It's not quite the internet voting I'm talking about, but uh, the delivery of blank ballots to uh, people overseas. Uh, and then there's there's various ways that those have been um, returned, uh, not not by mail in the ordinary way, but either faxed or, or emailed. So those are kind of special circumstances. Um, what the the system I'm talking about, you're going to log on, sort of like a banking application, and um, and bank your selections, uh, and, and you will download a your your ballot. Your 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 finished ballot will be a PDF file that will be uh, digitally signed. It can't be altered. And you get a copy, and the county gets a copy. Uh, and in the end, this this system is unique in the sense that you will be able to verify that your ballot was included in the count, and you will verify that the votes on your ballot were were correctly uh, tabulated. Uh, so this is the only system that 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 that's uh, that that will have that will ever have been done. Um, so it's it, that's that's a unique feature of this. Uh, uh, some people concerned with um, vote privacy, uh, privacy of your ballot, uh, have some legitimate concerns. But as far as the election administrators, they're not going to be able to um, know that 
which ballot belongs to you. You'll know. You'll get a number. I mean, your PDF file will have a unique identifier, a unique number that you'll be able to look up when the vote is published to, to verify your ballot. But uh, the election administrators won't see that. So you, you will have pretty good privacy of your ballot. The system will know uh, that uh, who you are and that, that that ballot is yours. And, and there will be audit procedures, but it, it, it should never be the case where anybody has to look uh, at, at uh, your ballot with, with the knowledge that it belonged to you. Well, uh, Alan, we're, we're running short on time, and I would love to talk more about this, particularly on the hackability issue. But um, you know, tell us more about you. Know, just give us a little thirty, forty-five second um, pitch on you know, what what people can do to find out more about you and and your project. Well, um, we will have a website up pretty soon. As you mentioned, it's it's two years away. Um, one of the reasons I want to start now is that is that the interest in voting technology kind of heightens in a presidential year. So I don't want to let this go until after the election. I want to get as much out there as possible before. But look for, look for our website, Deckard for Secretary of State. But you can also find me on Facebook. There's also a petition uh, on change.org, which you can uh, look up Alan Deckert on Facebook. D-E-C-H-E-R-T is my last name. And you'll and if you just go on to change.org, you can search for internet enable internet voting or anything like that, and, and our petition will come up. So you can you can sign our petition, and um, that's the the primary avenue right now is is uh, is that is that petition. But in in uh, not too distant future, a month or two months, we will actually have a demo up where where people can try out the system. All right. Well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure having you, and it's definitely um, it's a fascinating topic. And obviously, in this election year, something we all need to consider. And hopefully, um, we won't be talking about uh, the the cluster that happened in two thousand and twelve um, on another show. But um, thank you for joining us. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back. Um, we're going to have a, a descendant of one of the founding fathers after these messages. You're listening to webmasterradio.fm. This is Cyber Law and Business Report. Stay tuned for more of the Cyber Law and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. How much time do you spend on SEO research and competitor analysis? What if we told you that there was an easier, faster way? Searchmetrics SEO software propels you to top positions on search engines around the world with our unique global search, social, and competitive data in over 60 countries. Gain a competitive advantage today with Searchmetrics.com. That's Searchmetrics.com. How far do your ads reach? You don't have to fly around the world for the right consumers and clients to find your business. What you need is profit through performance. Location 3 Media helps you to increase your brand's findability and performance. Let Location 3 Media help you create efficient and effective online marketing campaigns that fit your needs and get you results. We know every click starts a journey. Where will your brand be on the path? Visit Location3Media.com. Let's go inside the WebmasterRadio.fm production studio, where the production team is stitching up podcasts to load up into the WebmasterRadio.fm Stitcher channel. Rock on, Laurie, and rock world with LinkedIn. 
Welcome to Domain Masters, a show where you learn to be the master of your domain. Yeah, I want to welcome you to this edition of the SEO Rockstars. Hi, this is Bennett Kelly, and you're listening to the Cyber Law and Business Report. And welcome to CEO Coach. Listen to all of your favorite WebmasterRadio.fm podcasts without downloading. Only on the WebmasterRadio.fm Stitcher channel. Just click on the Stitcher banner on our website. IRN USA Sports, I'm Bo Daniels. Penn State says it will respond within days to the NCAA's demand for information regarding the Jerry Sandusky child sex abuse scandal. The NCAA is looking into whether the university should face penalties. Penn State President Rodney Erickson says he doesn't want to jump to conclusions about possible sanctions. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Let's, uh, let's wait for this process to unfold. NCAA president join the thousands of search and social media marketers at one of the largest events of the year SES San Francisco 2012 August 13th through the 17th learn more at sesconference.com SES San Francisco 2012 kicks off three days and sessions with a keynote presentation by Google digital marketing evangelist Avinash Kaushik speaking about business optimization in a digital age Check out daily Meet the Expert roundtables where you can take part in intimate and informative discussions with industry icons. Add over 70 sessions, a crowded expo floor, on-site training at the ClickZ Academy, the big search engine watch eliminator, goodbye, and webmasterradio.fm search bash, and you'll have SES San Francisco 2012, August 13th through the 17th. Register for SES San Francisco 2012 today by clicking on the bannerettes from the webmasterradio.fm website or go now to SES conference.com looking for a white label seo and social platform for your clients think ebrands free and unlimited seo audit reports ebrands premium facebook apps and welcome page creators ebrands twitter management app analytics and mobile site generators ebrands let ebrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrands with a Z for eBrands. And now, spanning the globe to give you the most in-depth coverage of events that matter to you. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. IRN USA Radio News. I'm Hope Duggar. Chairman Ben Bernanke says the Federal Reserve's efforts to bolster growth have helped lift the U.S. economy out of the Great Recession. But he acknowledged the economy remains weak and cautioned that the Fed can only do so much. Speaking to a House panel, he said, quote, the recovery has been slower than we'd like, but clearly we have made progress. A Syrian rebel leader says he's hoping it's the beginning of the end of Bashar Assad's regime. The rebels are claiming responsibility for a bomb that killed three government officials today during a high-level security meeting in Damascus. In Washington, Defense Secretary Leon Panetta said the bombing showed that the violence in Syria is, quote, rapidly spinning out of control. The Obama administration is slapping financial sanctions on top members in Syrian President Bashar Assad's government, targeting the prime minister and 28 other cabinet ministers and senior officials. The Treasury Department announced the sanctions hours after top Syrian officials were killed in an explosion in Damascus. The sanctions now extend to virtually the entire government. This is IRN USA Radio News. You could be financially independent and never have to worry about money again. Hi, how in the world are you anyway? This is Andy Willoughby speaking for the three-step plan. The three-step plan is a business system designed to help families start their own home-based business. 
We are looking for a few people in this area who would like to earn between $500 and $5,000 a month working from home. If you like working with people with similar family values, you'll love the three-step plan. For information, go to 3stepusa.com or call 800-480-2102. We will teach you everything you need to know to get your business off and running. You will need internet access, a telephone, and good people skills. Families from all over the nation are using the 3-step plan to make extra money, pay off bills, improve their lifestyle, and work from home. Check out the 3-step plan. Go to 3stepusa.com or call 800-480-2102. That's 800-480-2102. Hello, everyone. Producer Brasco here with you. It's webmasterdew.fm. Good afternoon to all of you. We had a little bit of a live technical difficulty on the live stream of the Cyber Law and Business Report. Uh, we both have our guests and hosts back online, and we will continue with the show now. Uh, for those of you listening on podcasts, this will be edited out. Thank you so much. Your virtual webmaster frat house. Webmasterradio.fm. Hey, bring your togas. Webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on Webmasterradio.fm. And we're back. Um, this is Bennett Kelly for the second segment of Cyber Law and Business Report. And we have with us, we're very honored to have um, Representative um, Kimberly Pine from Hawaii, who is the sponsor of three of the four bills that the Hawaiian governor just signed into law as part of a major cybercrime package there in Hawaii. And um, are you with us, Kimberly? Uh, yes, aloha. Aloha. It's great to have you. Now, I, I thought this, the story of, of how this came about uh, to be very interesting. You know, one, this, this is landmark legislation. That it covers um, you know, a number, it, making it easier for law enforcement to uh, obtain information from ISPs, for example, um, adds um, penalties for using computers in, in connection with uh, harassment. Um, I wonder if you want to just give a, a brief summary of, of the legislative package. Sure. Well, I, I do want to thank my fellow legislators that took a lot of the ideas that I proposed and sponsored this bill, these bills, and it was really a bipartisan effort in the House and the Senate. Um, this came about because I realized that Hawaii was really behind in a lot of uh, cyber laws. And uh, one of the things that was preventing prosecutors from helping a lot of victims in Hawaii was the fact that a lot of crimes were being taking place either on Facebook or, or through uh, Internet service providers that were on the mainland, yet Hawaii didn't have the legal authority to subpoena um, these different ISP providers and organizations to get evidence to help our victims here. And uh, other things that were going on were more serious crimes where people were having their money stolen or being defrauded. And so we increased a lot of the penalties for, for those Internet uh, violations. And uh, also, um, we're realizing that Internet harassment has increased dramatically. It's no longer in, re- in the real world. It's really in the Internet world. And uh, unfortunately, every part of our lives relate to the Internet, and so we realized we needed to take a a more serious stance on this to help um, victims of cyber harassment. And then finally, a a growing trend that has been happening, I'm sure, nationwide was 
the fact that kids were were being lured to send um, uh, uh, nude photos of them to people that they've met online, and unfortunately, uh, realizing that these are maybe um, uh, people that uh, don't want to help these children, they're going to exploit them. And unfortunately, a lot of these these uh, teenagers' lives are being destroyed by seeing their pictures all over the internet. So it's just the beginning. We know that there's still so much more work to be done, and we're just very grateful that, uh, that this is a good first step for our state. Now, I thought it was interesting in looking at you know, kind of the history of legislation. You, you met with um, your constituents in 2011 to just have mm-hmm. a briefing and talk about you know cybercrime and and how it was affecting them. And what was the response that you got? Well, we were really surprised how a lot of people uh, were being victimized, especially having their money stolen or or. Uh, you know, buying things that, that, that weren't real, investing in things, and we're a very trusting state here. And I was just so surprised how many people were victims, and we didn't have the type of laws that would bring them relief. And I was even more surprised that law enforcement felt so frustrated that they didn't even um, really pursue Internet crimes because they felt that they didn't have the legal authority to get justice. So uh, we're really happy um, to get some of these bills passed, and we know there's a lot more work to be done, and so we're really looking to see what other states are doing right now to help people. Now, I, you know, I've, I've represent a number of people who deal, who are victims of cyber harassment and stalking, and you know, one thing that's frustrating for them is one, a lot of times, you know, when they go to the authorities, the one they're not, you know, the, the they're somewhat adverse to the internet in terms of their knowledge, or you know, they don't have the resources to 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 address that. So, I guess now that Hawaii has the authority to do it, do, do they have sufficient resources to really investigate cyber crimes? Well, one thing that we need to improve on um, from the city level, and now I'm running for the city council seat because of this issue, is that we need to increase our police force um, that that understands this issue and that knows how to investigate these type of crimes. And so now that we have these laws available, we need to help the people that um, catch the criminals. And so that's something that we're a little weak on still. And um, so if anybody wants to come to Hawaii and be an investigator for the Honolulu Police Department, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> Are you, you, you giving, picking us up at the airport? Is that it? <laughs> but um, And so, so far, when does, does the law go into effect right away or does it wait until January? No, they're all into effect now. And so um, I'm just very excited we need to now train our police and our prosecutor's office to let them understand what what's available to them now to convict these criminals. And, and I got to tell you, the Internet is just moving so fast, and for a small island state like us, we, we still have a lot to understand. Now, it's, is there much of a, a cyber, you know, an e-commerce community in, in Honolulu? Oh, there is one. There is one, but it's uh, kind of loosely organized right now. But um, they're slowly coming together. And, and, of course, we have those issues of you have those that don't want the Internet to have any laws at all, and it's supposed to be a free kind of society. Um, but then you have a growing amount of victims. They're saying, wait a second, 
we can't have lawlessness on the internet because unfortunately we have to use the internet to live nowadays. So we still kind of have that conflict going on right now, which I'm sure is the same conflict that's going on worldwide. Am I correct? You want to be able to implement and see these laws enforced, and you want to have the, the authority over the Honolulu Police Department. Oh, yes. And one of the first things that I would like to do is to certainly fund the Honolulu Police Department so that they can get better training to assist cybercrime victims. And um, now... Do, what is the current state of, of affairs there for funding? Is it, you know, is is there, are, are they have been have they been catching up, or is it is this something that is kind of be starting from scratch? Uh, we do have a cybercrime unit as well as a section in the prosecutor's office within the the city uh, to address cybercrime issues. However, it's very small compared to the need. Now, um, we only have a little bit of time left, but I, I understand that you are a descendant uh, of Alexander Hamilton. Is that correct? Yes. Um, I come from a very uh, mixed family. I'm half Filipino and Spanish and half Caucasian, I guess you'd say. And um, uh, my family uh, certainly uh, came all the way from different places, and we're very proud that he was able to um, fight along uh, George Washington. And so I really feel honored to do what I'm doing. I feel like I'm kind of living um, the American dream that they hope for, where anybody who comes from any type of background can lead. And and, and as far west as as Hawaii. And, and, and for our listeners, um, Representative Pine is calling us from Honolulu, where it is significantly earlier. Um, she's calling in at 7.30 her time, and so we really appreciate you doing that. Now, when you, when you first launched this initiative, you know, there, there was another measure that um, would have required uh, web hosts and um, web ISPs to retain information on users' um, you know, web browsing history, and and, mm-hmm. and that that kind of blew up. But what was the what was the uh, what was the feedback you got, and what was your reaction to how it all went down? Well, when we had the cybercrime hearing. That was a recommendation of law enforcement, and so um, that bill was put in by um, the various legislators that that listened to what they wanted, and there's a big misunderstanding. They didn't want to know web browsing history and things like that. It was really just to be able to obtain an IP address. So it wouldn't say, you know, where you went and things like that. And so, you know, that's the one thing about the Internet. It's like you can spread news like crazy, and if it's the wrong one, you know, beware. (laughs) Because it's certainly... um, uh, was something that, that, you know, I told the chair after listening to testimony that it wasn't something that I wanted to pursue at this time. And so we really just had one hearing and we got good feedback and that was it for that bill. It's interesting, you know, Mark Twain is famous for saying, you know, the uh, lie gets halfway around before the truth gets its pants on. And, you know, he lived in... <laughs> And he lived in uh, a, not a digital age. I mean, granted, the printing press existed, but I mean, just imagine—you <laughs> know—if if that was the perception back then, um, you know, that's that's think of what we're dealing with now, and um, and so, um, you know, people 
every day are, are dealing with um, you know, false information. I, I know you have someone who has a blog about you that you seem to be battling with, and I, I guess that that's is that just the price of doing business in politics, or is that I your? I think so. My my case is a little more serious. He was stalking me and harassing me because I rejected him, and in a very strange way, he that's what he's doing is to stay close to me. So I had to get a temporary restraining order against him. He's actually really not even supposed to have those things up, but I guess let it go. You know, it's just part of politics. But unfortunately, they're they're my case was a little bit more serious, where he was following me and things like that, where my life was. Um, not quite safe, um, but we're still fighting the good fight to help other people who are suffering, who aren't used to my life. <laughs> and um, I'm just really excited that um, from, um, you know, hearing a lot of the people who are suffering, that we finally can provide relief to them. Yeah, and also, and just to add one thing to what you said, I mean, I, I know Gabby Giffords, and and so mm-hmm. you know, obviously, even just because you're in politics, you still got to take your your safety into account as well, and uh, and so um, it's you know it's 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 a it's a scary world out there. People are um, making threats, you, you, whether you're a politician or um, you're just a you know. A, an average Joe, um, you know, threats should be reported and um, you know, precautions should be taken. But um, I really want to thank you for taking the time to join us today. Um, anything um, you, you want to tell us about um, your campaign or what, what your next event or where people can find more information about you? Um, they can go to pineforcouncil.com. That's the F-O-R for the letter four. Um, or the word for so pineforcouncil.com you can learn more about me you can make a donation if you want uh, but looking uh, certainly to work with more people across America and your listeners to see what we can do to still keep the internet going and have great commerce but still ensure that we protect people from crime I appreciate you taking the time and your primary is when? August 11th Good luck to you, and um, keep in touch. Let us know how your your, your efforts do um, on the city council. I do appreciate you taking the time and this early hour for you, and and again, congratulations on getting the landmark legislation passed in Hawaii. Great, and mahalo, and thank you so much, as we say in Hawaii, and aloha. Aloha, mahalo to you as well. Thank you. So um, in a few minutes we have left this um in addition to um, legislation passed in Hawaii, there was cyber um, stalking legislation passed in Arizona. And initially, it was extremely controversial um, because it w- allowed criminalize anything that even um, annoyed somebody. And so um, there was some, some very humorous um, uh, efforts made to uh, attack the law, one by... Um, by anonymous that uh, I, I, I think it's best to search for on the internet rather than repeat it on the air, but it more or less refers to the fact that you know my my derriere is bothering me, <laughs> and that should be sufficient under under um, Arizona law. Stalkers but, and um, immigrants should leave the state of Arizona. Yes. Yes. Um, right. So, in any event, um, a couple of. Th- th- other items to note, today is Nelson Mandela Day. Um, I don't really know what it is that you observe on Nelson Mandela Day, but it is his 93rd birthday. And so happy birthday, Nelson Mandela. Apartheid. It's also John Glenn's birthday, the first American to orbit the Earth. And um, I forget how old he is, but it is old. I think he's 90 or 89. And Richard Branson 
as well, speaking of orbiting. And so um, I want to thank you for joining us today on the um, Cyber Law and Business Report. Sorry for some of the technical difficulties, but it's, we've had some interesting discussions. Um, I think you know, what we do with the Internet in terms of protecting people from abuse and what we do with the Internet in terms of um, ensuring participation in the political system are two very important things. And um, granted, not not much you can deal with too deeply in the half-hour segments, but you know, I, I hope you found this interesting, and uh, we're definitely going to be continuing it when we come back. But um, glad to be back from Berlin, and um, it's I got to tell you, if you haven't been there, you should go. Um, it is a fascinating city, and um, there's just the history around you and the resilience of the German people. Um, it just very, it's very visible. Um, I spent Fourth July in Checkpoint Charlie's museum, and um, so if, if, there's nothing more compelling than seeing what the lengths that people will do to be free. And so, and speaking of which. I'm being liberated by my producer. So this is Bennett Kelly. Glad to have you back, Bennett. It's report, and I'm glad to be back. And join us next week. We'll have another edition of Cyber Law and Business Report from the Internet Law Center here in Santa Monica, California. Court is adjourned. See you next week. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.